0: Welcome to the Designated Drinker Show, the podcast that's raising the bar on craft cocktails. I am your host, Louise Salas, and with me, as always, is my very talented friend, the one who is always welcome to jump into my DeLorean and go back in time with me, (laughs) (laughs) the mixtress, D.C. Gina. (laughs) Hi, Louise. That is so appropriate. It's crazy right now, You like that? Yeah, I loved it. Did you know that um, that movie was released in 1985? And uh, Michael J. Fox was actually 24 years old playing a 17-year-old Marty McFly.
1: Wow, I didn't know that part. Yeah, I knew it was 80s. I knew it was the 80s, but I just didn't know like, when in the
0: 80s. It just makes me feel so old because I look. You know, obviously,
1: I had to look that up. I did the little googles. I was, and I was graduating like 80, in fourth grade. Five.
0: You grad. You actually graduated from fourth grade.
1: Yeah. So in New York, you go from fourth to like, and then you go to fifth, sixth, seventh. Oh. Yeah. So yeah, I was. Graduating. Did you get a dress? Obviously, I got a dress. I'm sure I had 57 ruffles and some sort of patent leather shoe I didn't want to wear. I mean, obviously.
0: You're, how big was your hair?
1: Uh, hello. It was, was 85 in New York. I mean, we're talking bows, clips. Maybe even a maybe in a banana clip. Oh, ba- or,
0: or like all of the hairspray. Yeah.
1: Uh Aquanet. Yeah, I look like I had maybe like a cat attached to the top of my head.
0: <laughs> a mad cat. I mean I'm from Long Island. Hello. So I had the na- I'll hit all the curls. So I had the big like oh when we were the girls used to get those perms all the time? I can't even remember what they were called. But every perm, you're right. yeah, but, but spiral had- perm. Yeah. So everyone's like, Oh, you have the best spiral perm. And I'm like, oh no, no, this is what I was born with. Yeah. And now i straighten it. <laughs> God, big hair. It's coming back. It is.
1: It's so crazy. I've seen it. Like the permanents are coming back. A, perm- a fresh permanent.
0: So uh, speaking of time, Sorry. as we're going back, um, let's talk about today's designated drinker. All
1: right.
0: So uh, she is definitely a true master of time. And she also takes you back in time. And she helps you prepare to have a great time. And she's put all of this together just in the nick of time. And she was gracious enough to share just a bit of her time with us today. So let me waste no more time. <laughs> and welcome the author of Capital, the author of Capital Cocktails and the owner of the Hour Shop, Victoria Ferguson. Hi Louise. Hi. Hi, Victoria. How, How are, are you? See, now see all oh, the time oh, reference. Oh,
1: I love it here, by <laughs> the way. So we may never leave.
0: So um we're here today in her really lovely shop. Thank you for hosting us. We're very excited have to be here. Um, so it, it, I know Gina, we're gonna have to pat you down, make sure you don't have too much <laughs> in your <laughs> pockets. <laughs> That's real. <laughs> uh, so tell us, tell that listeners about where we are and what inspired you to start all of this.
2: Well, we are at the Hour Shop mm-hmm. here in Old Town Alexandria. And it's um, a store that I started about ten years ago, um, kind of at the uh, at the start of the recession. Timing is timing is everything. Timing
0: is everything.
2: Um, I had come from a a, pri- a previous career and uh, had started raising young kids, and had gotten them into elementary school, and decided that I needed to do something with. Um, More than what I was doing. I'm not a (laughs) stay-at-home mom, although I really have much praise for moms that do that. Um, But I'm a worker bee, and I I, uh, have had an affection for um, vintage barware for about as long as I can remember. That's Um, crazy. And decided, you know, this was back in 2008, that I would start what I thought was the world's first cocktail store. And um, most of my friends and family uh, were kind of saying, what? What are you doing? Uh, and I thought, you know, I love being around all of this vintage, these pieces of art, this is the vintage barware and glassware, and they bring me such joy. I love to entertain. And um, mm-hmm. I thought, why not put it all in one place? And if I'm going to go back to work, enjoy what I'm doing. Yeah. So I started, I started the store as a concept, concept store, and um week after I got into the building, we had the recession hit. And I thought, oh God, you know, all my friends were like, What did you do? What are you doing? Because you left a career. Yeah, no, I was I was in international finance, so I, I had no idea what I was doing. None <laughs> whatsoever.
1: Uh but and if you have to build a bridge in Panama, you can fund it.
2: Yeah, yeah. I <laughs> can fund, fund, fund it. I can fund it. But you know, cocktails, us. you know, and the cocktail hour. <laughs> um so ended up um you know it ended up being a good thing that recession because everybody was drinking yeah so you know what better way to come in to the come into the business and have this small little luxury that people could still afford and bring into their house and kind of have that special time of day, and even though they were all struggling to get through that horrible time that we all went and through. And they were
0: cutting back on larger, yeah, larger purchases, larger
2: purchases. But it was still more dining fun. out, I think. Yeah, yeah. And people started coming back into the house, yeah, and like having friends over and kind of enjoying that special time. And so the timing couldn't have, timing couldn't have been better. So uh, in hindsight, it was it was a, it was fortuitous and serendipitous that this all happened.
0: That's crazy. That was the whole nick of time kind of, yeah. kind of made the just like it's crazy how that that just when you told me that um, it's just crazy to think like the fear of all of that going into or leaving your job and jumping off into a yeah. new venture is it, it's scary in and of itself. But then to all of a sudden have the recession hit you after you've yeah. made the big leap. But, but who and, knew? and
2: everyone questioning, like, are you sure? And I thought, well, you know, I won't know until I'm in it and try it. Yeah. So no guts, no glory. Exactly. So it's
1: 11 years you're here?
2: Yep. Yeah, getting yeah, 11th, 11th th- year. Well, it's, uh, uh, 10, 10 years officially done in June. Got it. Wow. So, almost there. How Decade is down. Which is unbelievable. How is that possible already? So, so, when, I mean, in this store
0: is beautiful. And so that listeners understand, it is chock full with just vintage, beautiful vintage glassware and all barware and everything that you need. How did you start all of this? I mean, how did that become a thing? How did you, well, like, it, it'd be
2: different if you had, like, four pieces, <laughs> you know? <laughs> but there's a billion. Yeah, well, it started, part of it is, you know, family family history. Um, my grandfather was, uh, he owned a tavern in a liquor store in, in Milwaukee. And so this was, it was kind of like family lore of of being around um, folks who enjoyed having a cocktail and having a bar set up in their house. That's awesome. Um, and so kind of. Fast forward to my graduate school days, I couldn't afford anything at the time, um, and I would just get in my car and for, for fun, you know, head out into the countryside and go antiquing. I'm a big, I love things with stories, and would find all these really cool, you know, items. And it was, originally I was drawn to what is known as Vaseline glass. Uh, and there it's kind of, it's a, it's, it's bizarre because it has uranium in it. And so if you put a, if you put a, a dark light up to it, it'll glow and it has this, this ethereal look yeah, to it. Cool. Um, but i say, you no, know, it's authentic. Because but it's to- authentic. Yeah. Yeah. And mm. they had, they had stories, you know, they, everything had a story behind it. Um, and I just loved bringing it into my house. And so my house became this eclectic kind of place that had all this interesting stuff, um and I just that snowballed into continuing down that path and collecting and collecting more and I' a very understanding husband um, and <laughs> that then the, borderline uh, horse yes, space. <laughs> yes. And, the, and, then, and then going to a storage unit because I was getting to be obsessive about it um and that's 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 how it all kind of snowballed So that's awesome many years later I decided to open that's cool. But
0: I like how she just kind of glossed over where she started all of this <laughs> with some kids in school. Let's back up for a second. You have
2: triplets, yes, right? I do. I do. <laughs> yep. Well, I have four kids. I have I have an older son, and then um, took took about seven or eight years before we were able to have more children, and um, I have. Th- but the triplets sex. were pretty
0: young when you started all of this? Yeah. No, they had
2: just entered kindergarten. Oh, my goodness. You know, I had done uh, for five years. That, that that was the impetus for really, you know, kind of getting from the staying at home mom. I, I I can't believe I made it through those five years. I was totally, totally, um, it's like a blur when I think about it. It takes a village. Oof. Yeah. Well, five sucks. Yeah. It's the age five sucks. Yeah. No one tells you that. Oh, they're defiant. They're they're independent. They're yeah. Rude. And you did that in, and, in and you got three, three of them. You have yeah. three you of them. three of them. Oh so I thought, God. you know, gosh, going back to work is going to be easier. Than this. <laughs> that's I'm what
1: lying. I I would have been like, thank
2: you, public school. It's your problem now.
1: <laughs> See you in eight hours. And then it's only two. they have to do homework and they go to bed. Yeah, okay. Much. I can do three hours of parenting, five days a week, full time on the weekends. All right. Oh my god, I don't know how you did it. Yeah. I, I forget that you had
2: you know yeah. when you first started, yeah, I forget that they were that, that they, they were, were that things. little. They were tiny. Yeah.
1: Jeez. That's a, and that and, and now that, I'm living five and five yeah. really. Yeah. I have one at five and one at four. And there are days where I understand why why parents do the things they do to <laughs> their kids. Like, <laughs> so you left your kid at the mall? And you forgot? No, you didn't forget. You were like, I had enough. And then later you call the police department and say, did you find having a funny toddler? Oh, I place my kid. <laughs> you knew what that kid was. Yeah, um, so
2: you can relate now.
1: I can relate. I mean, I don't, I would never do it. No, but. but it's, 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 I can see where the insanity plea comes yeah. in.
2: And work is fun. And especially when it's related to cocktails. So yeah. then it's like, okay, this makes everything fun. When you're talking you know?
0: adults to adults. <laughs> yes.
1: I know. It's nice. I, I, I can I, and I can, um, now I realize where you were at mm-hmm. that time. When I first met Victoria, I was bartending this bar in um, Chinatown in Washington, D.C., and I literally, you know, she would come in, and she was always like, you know, got to keep going because the kids were going to come home from school, or she was going to do this event, and her husband was watching the kids, or whatever it was. And, like, at that point in my life, I couldn't relate to how much, what her time constraint yeah. was, talking yeah. about time. Yeah, got it. <laughs> but as you know, family
2: first. So family when first. family needs you, you you you're there. It's yeah. true. And your bartending family. Yeah, and my bartending family yeah. always there for me. I it, want to
1: talk about some of the stuff that's in here too. Oh yes. yeah. I mean, I don't mean to like jump to it, but I want to say <laughs> like, it's
2: eye candy, not it? I know. It?
1: We're just standing in this room full of beautiful sets of everything. And the like,
0: color is just stunning. I oh. love that, and I'm drawn to that, and probably because that's the those that's the type of glassware my mother had. It's the the right. really pretty colors. So what is it? We gotta describe it to the guests. Yes, What's what, like? what,
2: what, what, it, what... Well, we have everything, you know, mainly what I collect is 20th century work. So it, it's everything from Art Deco um, to uh, a lot of Empire shakers and pitchers, which I absolutely adore. The bar tools, you know, Gina, you know how cool the bar tools were. Way back then, they were whimsical. They were fun. They, they were, were made by jewelry stores. They were made by, yeah, Oh, really? Yep. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh yeah. This, was, this was serious. Yeah. This wasn't like, you're in a Joe Schmo. If
1: you had ceramic barware, you know. Was nice, but when you had the real stuff like the Napier, Napier, yeah, Napier. Right? Mm-hmm. Napier, and it was just it was beautiful. First of all, they made beautiful jewelry, right? And then they made really beautiful barware, as almost like a, a wedding gift series, right?
2: Yeah, but it was also you know it was related to what was going on in society because like when Napier was producing a lot of the really cool stuff, it was Prohibition, and so folks were like hiding their their liquor at home and and um, but they were, Art Deco came out, and so there were all these designers. Who really wanted to produce cool stuff but the jewelry companies were starting to make things for the war effort so um, things like bullet casings and stuff oh, yeah. but, they, but they were designers yeah. and it was prohibition it was like it was natural for them to start getting into interesting barware and shakers and and jiggers and and you can date them because after the war was over they went to making jewelry and they haven't made them since so there's all oh, these really unique things that are kind of appropriate to the period in time um, but also kind of follow what was going on in the cocktail world and, and the spirits world with speakeasies and um, the history of the cocktail.
1: You know, I just had this like a uh, vision of you working with one of these jewel- these little uh, jewelry stores over here in King Street. Oh, uh, you know, would like, that have been fun? And make like a, a series. <laughs> I mean, honestly, if you think about it, like it would be really beautiful to make a like a um, a modern. Well, I guess this would be modern now. Hmm. Uh, a different time and like see what the jewelry, based on what jewelry looks like now. Mm-hmm. What would it look like? What does, you know, a jigger look like or the strainer or trying to think what they made. I loved I, my my favorite is the is the, the jiggers that they made. They were just so yeah. ornate and beautiful. And the julep strainers were beautiful. Um I, I just can't even imagine. Like some of them made shakers yeah. or yeah. plated shakers.
2: And they were different shapes. You know, or yeah. they, they you know, some during, during prohibition they all had handles because they looked like coffee pots oh. So you didn't know you were drinking oh. inside your that's, house.
1: That's interesting. Um, Can I mean, we talk know. about that for a second? Yeah, a sure. lot of, like so, you know, you walk into some of these vintage shops or whatever, and people look at us and they go, How is this a, a you know a strainer, right? Or oh, sorry, a shaker a shaker sat. You know, people what they assume now is what we do we cap it and shake it and it's tin. Um, the glass, when did, when, so in the beginning, it wasn't always glass, right? It's like in the 1800s, was no, it? No,
2: they were, they were literally tin, tin cups. They were, they were tin They cup. were tin shakers. Okay. So um, when did it change?
1: That's what I and was. And it was
2: really, it was probably the turn of the century, you know, really a lot of the, the late 1800s uh, into the early 1900s where they started, um, glass were changed as well as the shakers that they, you know, it was around the world, but mainly in America, that they started taking them the home bar seriously and even the cocktail world seriously because it was a form of, of socializing that we didn't, that today we all turn to our televisions and we all have our cell phones, but back then you would get together with friends and you would go to the taverns and um, it was a, it became an art form because it was like the place where you could go and see and be seen. And so they went from really being the standard tin cups to really getting these more interesting shapes and styles and designs. Um, and they followed a lot of the aesthetic movement that was going on, whether it was Art Nouveau or Art Deco and, you know, they changed with the times. Mid-century modern, gosh, there's great mid-century modern pieces.
1: But would that be the same time period where like Pyrex and like Anger Hocking and they all came out with that tempered, that cloud? That
2: was, that was kind of more, that was towards the mid-century tempered. Um, because originally a lot of the glass was um, was hand done hand, hand blown, you know hand done and blown before it was molded yeah and then the molded the molded stuff again came out after the war because with their, the craftspeople kind of um, they didn't have the time to be able to, to do their skills and mass production became much more of an issue and we started doing um, much more molded pieces and that skill went away. so a lot of the stemware that you can find, those interesting shapes, um, will never be made again because it was—it's an all—it's a lost art. That's one of the reasons why people like coming in the hour because it's just so interesting because it reminds you of all of the, all of the things that that we as Americans you know used to do and used to have and used to enjoy and used to take time out for. Um, and uh, I think that's why the, the cocktail hour is still a special time. And that's what the the hour was about when I set up the store was to kind of get people to appreciate um, being with one another and um, sharing that time and enjoying it, the enjoying a cocktail it's
0: very it, it's it's just nostalgia I mean, like it just like oozes out of this space. It's in every corner and every like, but it's something space. that we couldn't do in, today. It's wonderful, you know? yeah. It's just when I walk in the store and I, I told you the first time, I was like, oh my gosh, we wrapped all this up and donated it. Yeah. All of my mother's and my father's glassware.
1: Missouri bought it from
0: <laughs> <laughs> and shipped it here from the Midwest. And now
1: her triplets are going to college. And now you can have a Missouri martini set right here from that so and so, and blah and blah. Exactly, yeah, except what you're paying for, and I always say this everywhere, like, oh, some of the stuff is pricey. I go, did you go to Canada for an estate sale? <laughs> yeah, And they're like, no. I go, okay then, so mm-hmm. then you didn't get that one piece of glassware that came from Montreal when this glass shop was making it, and all these people got wedding gifts in 1931, right. and yeah. then here it is, and then she gives it to you, and now it's in a pristine box because it actually never left that Nana's right. cupboard. Right. Yes. Right? and, were, and then cherished. Right, and then oh. they go, they go, Oh, I never. I didn't. I, and you'll right. never see
2: it again. Yes. Yeah. yeah guys, it's one are, of a kind. These are these
0: are lost arts. And, and, and the just, other thing is, each one of them has a story. That's yes, the other thing. Is you talk about a story, it, like you said, it was Nana's, or it was like it was somebody's, mm-hmm. and it's really interesting. Each one of these play, each one of these pieces has its own story, mm-hmm. and then it's waiting for you to tell another. Right.
1: Let's let's uh, let's tell let's let's talk to people. So people at home that don't like understand vintage cocktail, they say, okay, it's just a vessel to get it to your face. Um, you know, this is, you know, this is are the people that really appreciate what, you know, the proper glass, what it does for it, right? But like, it's all about all the senses. You yeah. Know? It's
2: not just about drinking the cocktail. It's about feeling, feeling the glass in your hand, yeah. having it touch your lip, you know, the, the nose, the aroma that you get from the, from the coupe or from the, from the smaller glass. It's, it's all of that. I mean, it's just, um, that's, why, that's why glassware was so varied back then. And that's kind of what we've missed, uh, you know, in the, from the 70s on. Everything kind of changed. Um, I just think our pace uh, of life picked up, too.
1: wrecked cocktails for yes. everybody.
2: Yes, And back then, you know, and the other thing is a lot of the glassware was small. It, it followed what was called the rules of three, that usually a glass didn't contain any more than three ounces, and it usually had three ingredients and you drink it in three sips. It was that's, that's how you could have a three martini lunch. They were small vessels. Oh. And so when you look at some of the smaller glassware, you can kind of say, Oh yeah, that's what a classic cocktail was all about.
1: Okay, seven so bar ten in twenty years? We'll go twenty years? Yeah. Right? Like yeah. seriously. I had no idea it's because there was three ounces mm-hmm. in those cups.
2: Yeah, that's it. They were the classic. Con- you should know that. Yeah, yeah, it makes sense. Now, right? the three martini lines. Yes. I got. I uh, got it. That's three fine.
1: ingredients. I got yeah. right. But I never realized the three ingredients came. Yeah. From the three.
2: And that's why <laughs> really. <laughs> the glass. Do you have any mini glasses I own? Yes. Do you even? Know? I don't but know. What the I call glass mini- matters. Yeah that's it's all part of the cocktail you to to, you know it's it's, I just wish
0: everybody could see Gina's look (laughs) of her face right now so
1: mad
2: at myself (laughs) so mad at myself
1: just in general but look we're never too old to learn something new I I mean I know but now I I feel like I should do the flight of three just to be like oh that'd be awesome you know to make sure that everybody understands like I get it now (laughs) yeah gonna take this knowledge and spread it. <laughs> no, I'm gonna be like, so here's my dumb blonde moment. I got my hair blonde at the time. I really don't. I understand three ingredients. I understand how fat, and realize the glass itself was three ounces. Even the experts can learn something new. <laughs> you know, that's what I love about doing this, right? Like, you know, talk about the. We do this. We do this podcast. People are like, "Oh, you're an expert." I'm like, you know, yeah, I'm an expert. Yeah, I know a lot, but I never know everything. Mm-hmm. And then you take this, like, little tidbit of information. Yeah. I guarantee you at some point in this year or next year, I'll spout that. I'm like, yeah. Three martinis. I don't know. We're like, oh, he's that it. So Victoria told me.
2: Yeah. <laughs> so you'll wind up on another podcast or TV
1: or whatever we do. And I'll just be like, blah, here it is. Or just dance at my bar because I feel like now I'm super mad at myself.
0: See, and then, see, our roles are opposite. I get, I'm the one that doesn't mm. know anything. <laughs> Because and nobody expects I mean, much. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I, but I have expectations.
1: Yes. I think we should make cocktails. I think it's cocktail time. Ooh, yeah. Yeah, let's, do it. let's do it. Let's do that. So, um, you know, the, so coming here, you have to say, wow, what are you going to make, right? And I knew I didn't have to bring, you know, shakers or, um, you know, stirring glass or whatever. So, of course, in true. Um, our form in Victoria's store. Uh, Victoria, let me use this beautiful uh, Dorothy Thorpe um, stirring glass, and it's bulbous. It's actually stunning. I'm sure that we'll take a picture and put it up Absolutely. on the website. Absolutely. You
0: know what? It reminds me of a very large brandy snifter.
1: It's uh, that same well, shape. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. You should say that because we are actually going to make. Um, a whiskey drink because I, I know I Victoria, right? She loves her whiskey.
2: Yep.
1: Um, and we're going to actually we're doing a redemption rye and we actually put in there a coffee, uh, coffee and spearmint tea just for a few minutes and we're steeping it in there and then we're going to finish it with a coffee Amaro. Ooh. Yeah, so a little cafe Amaro, yeah, you, just yeah. a little. And then we're going to and then a little bit of Bralier Spitters for kind of a, a little elevated version of, um, you know, an old fashioned um, but not it's kind of an old-fashioned Manhattan-esque because we're not putting sugar in it. We're using the amaro for it, Oh, so interesting. it's gonna be a little it's gonna be a little bit more like you added um, you added a little bit of, uh, of a starch to your shirt, okay? Okay. And then we're gonna drop in there. So I make this um, stuff at uh, home, and I'll give everybody the recipe. It. It's like a vanilla syrup, except it's not syrup, okay? It's it's. It's less sugar, more about the steeping, and what you're doing is you're just adding in for the notes. You're not getting this big, chunky goo. You're just getting a little hint of uh, sweetness, like the drops. We're only actually gonna use a quarter ounce. So we're gonna make two drinks. We're gonna pour it in, and one thing you're gonna notice, and I don't know if you've ever seen one of these stirring glasses, is the sound that it makes when you're stirring. It's absolutely stunning. So we're gonna put in uh, two ounces of the rye. And Victoria swears to me that this is a two ounce uh, jigger. Yeah. But I, I, might throw, I, might little, I might throw a little extra in there for the, uh, for the Holy Ghost. And then we're going to use um, three quarters of an ounce of the uh, Cafe Amaro for each drink. So if you kind of look at this, you have a quarter of the vanilla, three quarters of the uh, Cafe Amaro, and then you're going to do your two ounces of your rye, and then with that, <clears throat> And maybe it is a rule of three plus and bit of, right? There you go. So then you're gonna add a little bit of the brunette splitters to it, and we're gonna do about five. And the reason why we're doing five is because it's actually an eyedropper and not a dasher. All right. And it's really pretty color, so I like love that. I'm gonna grab some ice.
2: So tell me about this glassware. It's really beautiful. Yeah, isn't it gorgeous? So this this was designed by Dorothy Thorpe. She was a mid-century, one of the few females designing back then. Um, kind of grew up in uh, California. Uh, originally started um, going to Hawaii, your oh, neck old, of the woods, yeah, stomping uh, where she she kind of loved all the orchids of nature and she came and she would etch glassware. At that point, um, what was common was to take blank glassware and add designs to it. And so she started doing etched materials and towards uh, the middle of her career, she started uh, making simple silver, sterling silver bands on, onto beautiful, beautiful, beautiful cut glass. Um, and crystal, and so this is a set that has a very wide um, sterling rim, and matching glasses, and uh, it's a beautiful presentation. And it it's, is it's beautiful. It's just timeless. It is.
1: Well, when you pour with one of these, you feel know, one thing is to be very ginger, uh, very careful, What's i gonna say, what's my music fancy word, yes. just be really careful, because you have to like, hold it. I use a one finger to do it, just to control it. Yep. Some people don't. I don't really know why, and I don't ever stick my tools in here. Yeah. If you are gonna use something with a silver rim. Don't stick your tools in it.
2: And it has a pinch lip, so it really just tends to keep the ice in place, so the ice doesn't come pouring out into your glass. It
0: looks like it's. It, it almost looks like cloth. It's so yeah, it's beautiful. beautiful. Like it's just like you said, that pinch
1: is just. It's lovely. You have to also polish these people. That's another Yes, thing. but not too often.
2: Yeah. No, well, I use
1: I use mine a little bit more than you probably should. <laughs> Um. So we're going to finish this drink with a little bit of an orange coin, and we're going to discard it. We're not going to put it in. Oh, so you just express it on Yep. Yeah. And then right. when you smell it, it's better than really than cough, like in a cafe orange. And- Cheers. Cheers.
0: Thanks, Gina. Thanks, Dorothy. Yes. <laughs> that's beautiful. She's really, it's amazing. So- mm. Oh. Yeah, that's
2: yeah. a drink. That's a good
0: drink. Oh, I love the finish on that. That vanilla just kind of sneaks in mm-hmm. she quietly makes her presents it's really lovely
1: i'd say if you're going to make the vanilla syrup i'm going to give you the recipe before nope. please splurge on the vanilla beans i know they're really expensive right now but i'm sorry but vanilla in and all this stuff that they have alleged flavors of will not make what i made so yeah. you need that you know that beauty of the vanilla but <clears throat> i feel like it's a really great drink it's a nice drink to finish up a you know dinner or you know, if you're gonna have barbecue, and it sounds silly, but um, if you're gonna have like, a barbecue, this is actually a really nice drink to put together with it because it goes really well with like meat and stuff like that.
0: So let me jump back on that vanilla. If where where would one go get like vanilla? The quality of vanilla that a vanilla
1: bean, vanilla yeah. beans. You can get them in th- three packs in like any like organic store, like uh, Whole Foods or Trader Joe's or whatever. They'll have in the baking aisle. Okay. They will have a giant price tag with them, and you're just gonna suck it up and buy because you only wanna make need sure one. That,
0: just just want to make sure
1: that that's that. Where and yeah. if,
0: if the, it like if I go into Trader Joe's, if you tell me it, that yeah. I could start there, then I feel comfortable with that. So, yeah,
1: cool. anywhere that have that kind of stuff, I mean, yes, I mean, you could probably get in some of the nicer grocery like big, big chain box, yeah. whatever stores. You're not going to get it at Costco, so don't go to Costco, <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't exist. Then you'd end up with like 85. I don't know, maybe sticks. in Hawaii and Costco, they would have like vanilla beans considering they're, they're grown there.
0: No. 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 It's all the same because it's the same distributors. But the only bad thing, you know, in Hawaii, you know, Trader Joe's, I, this, I have a beef with Trader Joe's, even though I love them. Mm-hmm. Um, they, you know, this all this aloha and they, you know. Yeah. There's, there's no Trader Joe's in Hawaii. There's not one on a single island. There are no Trader Joe's. So I actually wrote them once and said, where's the aloha? You have no aloha for the aloha state.
1: Oh. So they <laughs> right back? No. <laughs> Shame, shame, Trader (laughs) Joe. That's very bad customer service. I write back to everybody, even when you tell me that something I did was horrifying, (laughs) which I never... Really do anything horrifying. Anyway, you know
0: so uh speaking of writing in, we'd love for you to support the show. Um, we want you to download, subscribe, and we definitely want you to review. Your review really helps move the show forward. And we'd like to hear what you have to think. We'd like to hear if you're making genus cocktails or if you do something and you need some advice or or you need something or you reach out to the website and drop us a note. We we'll are definitely uh definitely want to have engagement because you know it's important that we're doing what people want and we want to hear what you have to say. And then, um, but now I want to go into what you're presently doing. So oh. you have all this vintage stuff, yes. but you have other things that you're doing. And that's it's, it's more accessible times. that you, yes. you know, you not just coming into the hour.
2: Yes. Well, when I, when I opened the store, I originally kind of went to market new, looking for new product. Um, and because all of my vintage is so unique and so colorful and so extraordinary in terms of its shape and size, like we just talked about. Um, but I really, going to market, I kind of kept seeing the same thing over and over again. All the barware looks the same. All the glassware looks the same. Everything is the same. So I've been wanting and dreaming and hoping to start producing my own barware and glassware, which kind of came to fruition this last year. So I started a, a, new, a new project, a new store that's called the Modern Home Bar, and we just debuted, and we, I'm kind of picking up where Dorothy Thorpe left off. Awesome. time-wise I'm, I'm taking blank glass and I'm starting to produce patterns and some of it is silk screen some of it is uh, etched and I'm starting to make uh, barware as well and I'm, I'm really have a focus on making it here in the U.S. because that's where a lot of this was made and it really wasn't until the 70s that you know everything went overseas and got mass-produced so I'm trying to bring it home okay. um, and that's yes. that's kind of where I am and getting ready to launch this project uh, and it's a it's, it's a Dream come true. It's awesome. And then so our listeners
0: could find this online, online right?
2: Online, yep. And... The modernhomebar.com. That's awesome. So
0: yeah. you'll just head over, and don't worry, you just head over to designateddrinker.show. What is that, Gina?
1: It's designateddrinker.show. And
0: we'll have today's recipe and the how-tos and the tips. And uh, we'll actually you'll see some of the beautiful photograph, the photographs of some of this beautiful glassware that we're using today. And we'll make sure that your website is Wonderful. there as well. So that way people right. don't need to hunt down or misspell or, you know transpose or
2: fantastic yeah make sure it's there but you're also in Neiman's yes I have um, about the time 20, 2012 right after I wrote Capital Cocktails that Gina was in um, uh, I kind of found my way into Neiman Marcus and I've got a couple of locations where I do have small collections one is in Chicago right now on the Magnificent Mile thanks nice. uh, and I've got another store in Fashion Island in Orange County California so, and I just basically do pop-ups with them. And uh, those, sto- those stores have been around for a couple of years. So yeah. it's, it's a little bit more than a pop-up at this point. So <laughs> That's amazing. They're It's amazing. Really but, but it speaks to the cocktail and to the beauty and the artistry and the I mean, the love for it. I love some of the California, you know, the California design and cocktail
1: wear mm. that they did that, that beautiful modern, you know, 50s, yeah. that look. And like, there is definitely something to be said about um, people drinking cocktails in California and, like versus, and New York. Oh, it's, Chicago. And, and it's so
2: different. My collections you know out out in California, it's more of the rocks glass and the highballs that, that sell. Whereas in Chicago and kind of in the bigger cities uh, up north, it's much more stemware and much more elegant still. I mean, it's just, it's interesting how people's tastes around the country differ in terms of what they're drinking and what their interests are.
1: Yeah, well, California's never going to get away from the the Moscow Mule anyway, so, you know. Oh, no, never. I mean, that is their claim to fame, (laughs) so stick with it, California. It's kind of amazing. (laughs) Oh, it's warmer. I mean, that, the cable car, I'm trying to think what else are the big ones that came out of there. Those are the two... I would say the two top of sell- you can go anywhere in the world and ask for those drinks and get them.
0: Yep. And they're, and they're, they're, they originate from California? Uh,
1: the, um, the Mule is from San Diego, and the Cable Car is from San Francisco. Oh. San Francisco. I mean, yeah, definitely. so, like, <laughs> that's a big one. Yeah, we had Tony Abigamon on the show. Oh. And we talked about the Cable Car oh, and yeah. the modernization of it, and... So that was a, a fun uh, cocktail show that we did. Yes. But uh, maybe we should go to San Diego and then, like, and birth out uh, uh, the Moscow <laughs> Mule and hang out. I don't know. Maybe we'll get Dave Wandridge or somebody to come with us and be like, is this really it? Is this where I was born? In this, you know, garage of this person's house? they like, get out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> get, get arrested. Yeah. Again. This is it. This is what it says.
0: Yeah. Well, on that note, Gina. Come on.
1: We're staying. I'm gonna spend some money. Oh. Sorry, honey. <laughs> <laughs> All
0: right. Come back anytime. Well, thank you for being on the show. Thank you for thank giving you. us Cheers. your space. Thanks, spending your time with us. It's Love last chatting. call. Last call.
1: Let's go shopping. Yes, let's go shopping. You.